1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDSE. And welcome back to the Five Spot, which we are very excited to give you this information of hot topics that are out in the NFL and college football and maybe hit some NBA. We just don't know. Get Armando going and get him fired up. But let's start with the biggest game this weekend with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, a lot of questions in Dallas because of the competition that they played thus far. Dak Prescott has been playing outstanding. In my eyes, he's probably number one in the MVP voting. Uh, what we've seen so far from the offense of Dallas is spreading the ball around, getting CeeDee Lamb, their number one receiver, uh, at least eight a nine targets a game which will lead to multiple catches and 100-plus yards, you could easily put him in the top receiver category with Tariq Hill and others. But when I look at this Dallas Cowboy team, things have changed. Things have changed since the last Philadelphia Eagle game. And we can look at Dak Prescott, but I'll look more at the full football team of the way they've been kind of orchestrating their offense with the play-action game. Dak Prescott's utilizing his legs. Uh, You're starting to see Cusk getting a little bit more involved defensively. They're applying pressure to opposing quarterbacks. We all know that Bland possibly could be the defensive player of the year this year uh, with six or more pick sixes and multiple interceptions. Gilmore's been playing well. We all know Michael Parsons is one of the best defensive ends in the game. Uh, But then you look at the other side of the ball with the Philadelphia Eagles, and people are questioning a little bit uh, of the lack of running game uh, for Philadelphia on offense. Will that be something that Nick Sirianni changes going into this game? And defensively, will they sure up the middle of that football field with their linebacker core and safety to eliminate big plays from tight ends and running backs? But bringing in a linebacker, Shaq Leonard, and being able to help them hopefully in this regard of, of sealing up that middle and stopping the run will definitely help. But Armando... I, I know that you're pretty fired up about this game as well. You're probably gonna get on the grill, get some food cooked, get the brisket, the popcorn, and everything for. Tell us your thoughts on this particular game.
0: Yeah, so uh thank you for the food reference. I was <laughs> listening to your to your monologue, and it was like, man, he's serving up a bunch of stuff. That was a buffet. That was a good <laughs> word buffet that, that you served up there. Um and and you failed to mention, you know, the Cowboys have benched Mike McCarthy's appendix. Uh, it, it is... It's out. It's gone. And so there will be no Mike McCarthy appendix at that game. The coach had surgery yesterday after a bout, apparently, of appendicitis. Yes. And so he is expected... To be there, but the appendix will not be showing up, Um, <laughs> which is interesting. Another issue that I'm wondering about is like the Jalen Hurts um, that shows up. It, it, it hasn't been 2022 Jalen Hurts yet this year. Uh. And there are reasons for that, I know. But we've gotten to the point where... Some people are saying that Jalen Hurts should basically take the month off <laughs> and, be, and be benched and get healthy so that he can be his old self for the playoff run. To which you say what?
1: That was the that might have been the dumbest comment I've heard, uh, not only from an analyst, but from a former quarterback. And when I see David Carr make this comment, first and foremost, you got to look at it in the sense of what quarterback wants to step away and allow somebody else to do their job uh, when they know that they're the, the pure leader of the team and you put your soul and everything out on the line for the, the football team to try to help win that ultimate goal. We've seen where they went last year and what they were able to do with when they were healthy. Uh, and to make it to the Super Bowl. And then, obviously, your mentality coming back in the offseason is to get back to that point. Now, we know uh, a lot of things that have hampered a lot of teams in their journey is injuries. And you're going to suffer some injuries. Are you hurt or are you you injured? And for Jalen Hurts, I think he's hurt. Uh, But we all get hurt during the season, and you battle through it. And so I just think for, for David Carr to make that comment, to me, it's, it's downright almost embarrassing to hear him say that, let alone to say they should think about benching him and putting Marcus Mariota in. Listen, I like Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is a good talent. Is he going to help this football team? Absolutely not. He's not He's not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, and the things that he's able to do in this offense is the reason they're in this position. I'm sorry, do, do they have a 10-win season so far or or are they had like two or three seasons uh, I'm sorry I, I just I mean I was just checking out the stats and just wondering
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so <laughs> uh, I guess you don't agree with, <laughs> with, with David Carr um, right. so so I guess his point was that Jalen is so hurt right now that he cannot win from the pocket as a quarterback because he no longer presents to teams a dual threat. In other words, um, and I don't have to explain it to you, obviously you were the arguably the, the first dual threat quarterback. Um, it, if the other team isn't afraid of you running, they can run different coverages to overcome you passing. Right. Uh like uh football talk, like shells, over you know, too high safety, stuff like that. That's zone. Uh, because they're not <laughs> afraid of the runner.
1: Right. But even with that, he mentioned something about him not being able to read coverage. Now, are we really questioning this man's intelligence? Are we saying that he's not able to read defenses? Uh, And that's the reason why they're not as explosive, which I think, again, is garbage. Um, Another thing that I I look at in a sense is quarterbacks rely on play action, movement, quick game, explosive plays. There's not just anyone just dropping back and just letting it fly. Now, again, the thing that they're lacking is the ability to run the football. And that doesn't mean all just Jalen Hurts. That means turn around and get the ball to DeAndre Swift. That means the, just give the ball to Gainwell. Hit the quick pass. The quick pass is an extension of the run game. And that's something that they haven't been doing consistently to help your quarterback. So to say that that he should be benched to let him heal and then to come out and say something about every defense, basically now you're talking about the man's intelligence. And uh, the man has learned four different offenses in a, in a five-year span. Uh, in college, I think he can be able to, uh, learn offense and be able to read defenses.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't, I guess, uh, my bad. I didn't hear that part of, of his comments. I was, I, I was trying to put my brain back in my head, uh, because I was mind blown by the, he should be benched part that it was just, look, There are things that nerds say, me being one of them, (laughs) you know, that because we didn't play. But even as in my profession, there's competition. And even when, you know, like my fingers are not right. I still want to type my story. <laughs> I, st- I still want to compete. You know, yeah. I'm still typing. I'm still the first at the buffet when my, my hands are, are like this uh, because I'm a competitor. I, right. I compete for my food. If I have to, I compete for my verbs. Um, and David Carr should know that Jalen hurts competes on the football field. Right. that's, that's what he's going to do.
1: And and just not to harp on this, you know, because it it's a topic. In an article that was written in Philadelphia, I, I heard about, uh, you know, his injuries and, and, and uh, what it's doing to the team and, and, you know, just kind of he's not the same, he's not reading things. Like when I hear that, to me, now you're starting to nitpick. You're nitpicking because here's a quarterback that first and foremost, just two and a half years ago, people were saying he's not the franchise guy. They were also saying, you know, he he throws the ball with too much touch and uh, he doesn't fire the ball in there. But all of a sudden, you know, they have an explosive year last year. He's an MVP candidate. Oh, he's a franchise guy. He's rewarded with a big contract. High expectations coming into this season. Hasn't played as well with the expectations of where it was last year. But there's still 10 wins right now. And so... I just think right now we all need to just sit back and allow this football team to continue to to brush off the mistakes that they made in the recent weeks and be able to get corrected starting fast, running the football, setting up the play action, utilizing all your weapons, and Dallas her coming back will definitely help them in so many ways. And then just come out and compete in this particular game because I tell you what what will change on both sides. If Dallas wins this game, now we really start to to give Dak Prescott a little bit of his flowers because he finally won versus a known team. If Philadelphia wins, then it's, oh, well, maybe they retired and they they got things correct. They started running the football, getting A.J. Brown a little bit more of the ball. Dallas Goddard really was the X factor for them. And what will happen next? Because the big matchup everybody wants to see, again, maybe in the NFC Championship, is the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that. So if, if Dallas shows us something in this game, now people can say, well, these are the top three teams of the NFC, and it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end. What are your
0: what are your expectations for a team that's going nowhere? Uh and and Zach Wilson getting the start again this week with the New York Jets, despite the fact that there are numerous reports that he was reluctant to take back the reins of the offense because he didn't want to perhaps stand behind the worst offensive line in New York Jets history and get destroyed.
1: (laughs) Well, let me put out there, we will not be really talking about Aaron Rodgers anymore uh, because this season has been lost, and really no one cares anymore if Aaron Rodgers is throwing before games or even practicing. Because no one wants to see Aaron Rodgers behind this offensive line. Uh, it's This season is pretty much for loss. Now, as far as for Zach Wilson is concerned, I think Zach kind of got into the mentality. And I don't know if he specifically told people, like, yeah, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. I know mentally, you know, as a quarterback, when you've been benched and you had the opportunity to play again when you weren't expected, you're not playing well, then you get benched again. And the guy you get benched for gets cut. And they bring, bring somebody else in. And, you know, you're sitting there and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you ready? We're going back with you. What? Like, uh, okay, how many more weeks of the season do we have? Uh, so for, for Zach, I think with Zach's so-called mentality and the way that, you know, people have been saying that his men, he's been approaching this thing. And the way that Robert Sala has been running this situation of some of his comments in in the you know the media uh, to the way the players have been responding. To me, when I look at the Jets, it, it all starts up top. It starts up top because, hey, you made a mistake. Zach Wilson's just not the guy. Uh, now you got to figure out what are you going to do going forward? Because there are a lot of decisions that have to be made from the coaching staff and the players going into the end of the season
0: yeah so if I were the New York Jets okay we know that Zach Wilson will be gone next year right. it's it, it that is already decided uh there is no way that you can continue to try to rehabilitate a guy that you yourself have benched multiple times
1: multiple, multiple times
0: and and the only reason that he's playing now is because you got nobody else. And so you're throwing him out there because your Tim Boyle experiment. Tim Boyle went from being the starter the last two weeks to being cut. That is how messed up the the thinking of the New York Jets is. It's like right. Zach Wilson went from being the starter to being number three and then back to being number one. It's it's a jackass mentality with their quarterback situation at the New York Jets. They have it has no rhyme or reason. And right. what the, what something that has no rhyme or reason tells me is there's no leadership there's and no, no leadership. plan. Right. And yeah. and no plan, right? Because right. the plan should be, all right, this guy is our starter right. and if he's not the best guy He's obviously the second best guy. Why are we putting him at number three so that we That's, can try mem- Trevor Simeon? That.
1: Yes, remember I said that last show. I was like, how do you drop a starter to number three? Because remember the conversation, I want to say for about three weeks, remember they brought up Trevor Simeon? It was like, they should put Trevor Simeon. Where's Trevor Simeon? It's like, where's Waldo? Like that whole conversation came up and it was like, Boyle's going to start. Zach's going to go to three, and it's like, is Trevor Simeon number two? No one really ever talked about Trevor Simeon. And so if you go Boyle, then you would think, with Trevor Simeon supposedly be behind him? Let Trevor Simeon get a chance. But obviously they have no confidence in any of them at this particular point.
0: Well, Trevor Simeon got his chance for, I think, like a quarter – Uh, last week and it was a disaster (laughs) which again speaks to what? It speaks to what you believe is going to be okay and then we see it and it's an unmitigated disaster so you have to be accountable for thinking that it was going to be okay Um, and that speaks to the personnel department and the coaching staff. I get it. Zach Wilson isn't there, right? Um, but he hasn't exactly been put in a you know, how they say the coaches always say, We're gonna put our guys in the best situation to succeed. That has never been the case, right? With Zach Wilson in New York, he's never been put in the best situation to succeed. It, it I, I don't think he's going to be good. But I, I don't think he's as terrible or going to be as terrible as what he's been with the Jets because what they have done is they have multiplied bad. They've got bad everywhere and it makes the quarterback look worse than what he actually is. Um, and it's and it matters because next year they're going to put Aaron Rodgers back in there at 40, 40, 41 years old. Good luck with making that look good. After he comes back from an Achilles injury, good luck with that. Well,
1: well, as far as as far as Zach is concerned, I think it was contagious to the football team and the mentality. And you you watch one of the top defenses just kind of now just kind of it's going through the motions almost. You know, you got guys flying around, you got some missing tackles. Ah, ah my bad. You know, some guys are not in the right position. Ah, ah my bad. Then offensively, they get a chance to sit there and watch uh six play drive punt. And it's like, defense, back up. The thing about a lot of these coaches' mentality, and you brought up Aaron Rodgers, it's almost like I compare LeBron and Aaron together right now. Because at that age, it's kind of like, oh, well, we still have Aaron. And it's like, okay, but what is Aaron working with? Because we all know when things are going well, Aaron's going to call it out. He's going, we need to do better offensive line. You know, I got to do a much better job getting them in the position, making the right checks, making the right read. But we got to block. It's like, did you just call out the O-line? Like, and then try to make it seem like you didn't? Uh, If guys are dropping balls, you know, or, you know, they're not calling the right plays. Because really the thing that I look at in a sense is, it starts with Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett really didn't, I mean, we try to do this kumbaya moment or, or the high-motivating moment when Sean Payton made his comments. But when you really look back at those comments Sean Payton made and the way things are going now, it makes you start to really wonder, like, maybe Sean was right. Uh, people may not say it because of the way it came out, and it it, it looked bad, and the Jets were like, oh, well, that's our guy, and how could he say that? And You know, hey, it's karma. Then they beat, you know, they end up beating uh, the Broncos. Like, that's great, but... If you really look at his comments and what he said, it's going on right now with the Jets. So there are a lot of decisions that's got to be made with Robert Sala, especially with a forty-plus year old quarterback coming back. Are you putting that much pressure on Aaron to change this thing around himself?
0: And by the way, um, Aaron Rodgers may be a, a an MVP, former MVP guy four times over, right. and a future Hall of Famer, but. I don't want him being the general manager anymore of the New York. No, Jets because no. that's been a mess. Right. Uh, let's see the green Bay gang in, in New York has been terrible. Uh, right. Alan Lazard has been a healthy scratch, got benched Patrick Cobbs, another guy that was brought up because Randall of Randall Aaron. Cobb. uh, uh, Randall Cobbs, sorry. Uh, a healthy scratch. Um, Hackett, a guy that was called basically in because they knew that they were gonna go with, with Aaron. He's not that good. And Aaron <laughs> keeps saying, I won, I won the MVP with that, with that, with him. No, he wasn't the play caller when Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Uh, so he's running the offense that won the MVP, but that's not the play caller who won the MVP. Right. Uh, Tim Boyle, another guy from Green Bay, he's gone. Uh, Where has the success, is Billy Turner going to be the the grand success of the Green Bay project for the New York Jets? I mean, that's a bad day when you commit so much resources to bringing in so much talent from elsewhere and now you understand why Elsewhere got rid of that talent.
1: Well, I mean, we all know uh, energy levels go high. Uh, attitudes rise to to the ceiling. Uh, and comments usually lead to being made. Uh, let's go to a former, former Jet um, that has made some comments uh, of, of an individual because they highlighted him in his bad plays. Let's go to Jamal Adams um and his kind of this is the thing that bothers me his comments that he made people need to get off of social media especially athletes okay use social media to promote your brand to uh enhance uh your name by the things that you're doing in the community your entrepreneurship um you know things of that nature let's not read other people's comments or see what people have to say about us and our play just focus on playing Jamal Adams uh de- decided to fire back uh at one of the media members in New York and listen they made a funny about you you know or highlighted some of your bad plays let it go but when when you start to go personal um to to people as a for a professional athlete now you look like the little man And that's right now where Jamal has put not only himself, but he's also put the Seattle Seahawks in a bad situation. And going forward, I think Pete Carroll now has to make a decision at the end of the season if this is something that he wants to continue to baby and fester as it festers uh, because, no, he hasn't played well. Um, has, Has this defense been what we all expected? No, but they haven't been bad. But there are a lot of things that could be better. And you don't want this to hang over your head going forward.
0: Yeah, so what we're talking about is that last week, I guess it was Connor Hughes, who is a reporter covering the Jets and has been in the New York market for many years, he plucked out a play on Twitter where Jamal Adams, former Jet, got beat for a touchdown, right? Right. And he said basically on the comment, yikes. (laughs) Jamal Adams <laughs> seeing that plucked out a picture of Connor Hughes's family. Right. And on the top, yikes. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Funny, but bad. Really bad. Because Real bad. It, it makes you look small. Yes. Right? It yes. makes you look like you can't handle criticism over your play which is what players must do every monday in 32 nfl cities unless they're playing on monday because coaches sit them down and go you messed up here you messed up here let's correct this let's correct that let's correct it here's a check mark you did good there oh you suck there um so that happens and Jamal Adams got all a flutter about this reporter showing him up. And apparently those two have beef going way back, right? Yeah. Pete Carroll doesn't care about that. No, no. Pete Carroll doesn't care. He cares about the Seattle Seahawks brand. And the Seattle Seahawks W's and L's and Jamal Adams thinking about W's and not thinking about you know, Connor Hughes in New York. And he's right. But I also kind of understand the Jamal Adams anger because he said, you know, he's been he's been poking the bear for a while and I just couldn't resist anymore. Yeah. It's human nature, still bad human nature. Right, right. But it, it is human nature. And I mean, look, you endured criticism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you ever lash out at the critics? No. And, and
1: the thing the thing is this now, but the thing that I think players don't understand, and me being on both sides of, of being an athlete, a former athlete, now being in the media aspect of, of it, you don't have the last word. We have the last word. And being media members, we can go back in and, and fire back and 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 make it almost a personal thing, but not fully personal. But you make, as an athlete, you make it truly personal. Uh, and so I just think for Jamal, and Jamal's a great player. Listen, he was a great player at LSU, uh, great young talent with the Jets, battled some injury, went to uh, Seattle, uh, has battled some concussions and, and some injuries there in Seattle. Uh, he's a force when healthy uh, on that defense. He flies around and makes big plays. They can blitz him. Uh, they do a lot of things to take him out of coverage but when he's in coverage you know he's usually down uh, covering number two or, or so but I just think for Jamal just just kind of be the bigger man in that aspect of just stepping back and just allowing everyone else to comment on Connor on his comments uh, don't don't go through the media because when you go through the media it's out there then everybody starts commenting on it and, and it's just it's, it becomes bad for you because you have to now comment on your comments and then if they someone else makes a comment about what he said and laughs at you now are you gonna fire back at them and that's the thing there's a no-win situation as a as a player in this regard and this is the prime example of it.
0: yeah stay if you're an athlete you're exactly right uh promote your brand you know, promote your team, promote your name and ignore the mentions and ignore what people are saying about you and ignore, (laughs) uh, you know, answering back because it's never good. There's always, uh, losers on social media and, you know, and I would say, um, there are people that get a kick and I'm not saying this is one of those but there are people that get a kick at trolling other people and, and if it's personal they go after people because it has been personal Right. Um, so yeah it's a no win situation by the way he's deleted the tweet uh, do they call it tweet on X again still or I, 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 I don't know if
1: they call it a trend or I, I don't know it's on, It's hard even saying X. Yeah. It's, you know, when we're so used to saying Twitter, it's yeah. like now we're like on X. Like his tweet or an X. Like, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go along forward. Let, let's move to college because some of our comments that we made, uh, we got a lot of praise for um, our comments about the decisions that they made of who are the final four. Um, but let's extend it a little bit Armando uh of just now knowing what direction that this is going in with the 12 12 teams let's remember we talked about it a little bit where does now where does this now put the power five teams when it comes to now 12 teams when you when you've been at four teams for this long now all of a sudden you're expanding to 12 teams and the realignment is going on it's so the realignment with USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, Stanford, Stanford and Cal are going to ACC, Oregon State, or uh, Oregon's going Big Ten, uh, I think Washington is, are they going Big Ten as well? Uh, so it's just, it's just right now with the alignment of where we are in the playoffs, that this whole Florida State debacle is going to become a problem going forward.
0: Yeah, uh, a problem that the wrong people are getting involved in, bro.
1: Let's talk I mean, about it. See yeah. how it sets you up right there.
0: Yeah, that thank L-U. you, thank you, Magic. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so I live in Florida, yes, right? I live in Florida, wonderful state, great place uh-huh. to be. It's uh, 50 degrees outside right now, very nice. Here
1: comes, uh, the- and
0: and and it.
1: What's that? Here it comes. Let it go. The but it, it,
0: yeah, but we 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 got stupid politicians sometimes. <laughs> um, so the governor of Florida has seen the whole FSU problem, right? And he has earmarked one million dollars in the state budget so that. If they want to litigate the whole college football uh, committee decision, Florida State can tap into that one million dollars of taxpayer money—my money—to <laughs> um, to to you know sue college football. I don't feel comfortable with that. (laughs) I'm not happy. One
1: million dollars
0: million. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, really? There's not like a highway we could like improve (laughs) Uh, with that. All that
1: traffic out in Florida? Yes, I agree.
0: There's not like. Uh, 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 a shelter or something we can build. There's not like taxes we can lower if you've got a million dollars that you could just throw around uh, to a litigation fund.
1: Maybe Maybe teach some stuff in school about African Americans.
0: Something. I don't need FSU uh, tapping into a million dollar legal fund. I don't. Right. Uh, right. And I don't agree with it personally. Um, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I went to the University of Miami. Um,
1: <laughs> which is which is in what conference? The ACC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and lost to Florida State. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, it has nothing to do with it. I promise you that it has to do with, you know, just we have a senator. Right. Who has written an op ed in the Tallahassee Democrat and has made it very clear. He wrote a letter to the chairman of the college football, uh, you know, bowl committee or whatever committee it is that 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 made this decision and they want to see the he wants to see the records he wants to see the votes of how they voted and i'm thinking look and, and, and by the way let me tell you all both of these guys are republicans it's not a republican democrat thing last year the house oversight committee run by democrats was up the craw of the washington commander's And the same, in my mind, the same thing applies. I want my politicians improving the country, doing good for the country, not getting involved in college football or professional football, for that matter. Uh, I want, uh, that's not why I vote for these people.
1: So you're not going by their knowledge of, of uh, the games and and to help you understand a little bit more of what's going on on third down, why they decided to punt, why decisions are being made, why aren't they running the football?
0: Why are you voting for one team and not the other? Why are you? <laughs> what I mean,
1: uh. You, you know, I, I got to say, I'm impressed with the soliloquy. I'm, I am very impressed. That's why I loved I set you up because I knew you had a little bit more insight with being a Floridian and also uh, an alum of the University of Miami, uh, which I am a part of the Syracuse University alums that also is in the ACC. Uh, and that's not, that's basically telling us that we have no chance of making it to the national championship. But... We will not kind of go further into that. We want to thank you for joining us here at the Five Spot. I hope you enjoyed the explosive comments from Armando and myself. Make sure you tune in this weekend. We got a lot of exciting games to watch. Uh, a lot of these games have meaning, so make sure you stay in tune. Also want to give a big shout-out to Adam Silver and the NBA uh, of this, this inner interseason uh, kind of tournament. Where We got the Pelicans and the Lakers, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Indiana Pacers, a team that's on the rise and emerging with good young talent. Make sure you take a look at that this weekend. But join us here next week here at the Five Spot because we're going to have a lot more things to talk about.